Today's scripture comes to us first out of Exodus chapter 20, verse 7, and then we flip over and read out of the Gospel of Matthew chapter 5, verses 33 through 37. Exodus 7, excuse me, Exodus 20, verse 7. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses his name. Then out of Matthew 5, 33. The words of Jesus say, Again, you have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, You you shall not swear falsely, but carry out the vows you have made to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by earth, for it is the footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let your word be yes, yes, or no, no. Anything more than this comes from the evil one. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I invite you to be seated. Let us pray. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, as scripture is read, as word is proclaimed, help us hear with joy what you say to us this day in your name. Amen. Today we are all on week three of a worship series that we started a couple years ago, a couple years ago, a couple weeks ago on the Ten Commandments. And so that is why we read that scripture out of Exodus. And then what we are doing in this series is we are seeing uh, what New Testament passage accompanies the commandment out of Exodus. And so this week we are on commandment three. One of my favorite skits of all time is one that uh, Abbott and Costello made famous quite a few years ago, and many of you have probably heard it. Of course, it's a baseball skit, and you know me, it's probably something to do with baseball, but it's the who's on first, what's on second, I don't know who's on third skit. Anybody familiar with that one? And it's between Abbott and Costello, they created this situation between a peanut vendor and and a baseball manager about how uh, some baseball players are given peculiar names, particular nicknames. And uh, um, so the, the, when Costello asked the question, well, then who is on first base? And Abbott says, yes. And Costello says, who's on first? Yes. And he says, no, I'm asking who is on first. Well, I'm telling you who is on first. You know, so it just it goes on and on and on. And, and as much as I would like to do the entire skit with you and, and, and maybe Roy as my compadre up here, we're going to move on. But you get the point, correct? Are you with me? Say amen. The, the point of the skit, though, of the exchange that I want us to see today is that names are important. Names are important to us. Names are important to others. And if we don't fully understand the context of the things that we are reading, if we don't understand the context, then it can lead to some pretty confusing situations, as with the Abbott and Costello skit. Friends, the the third commandment is about the importance of understanding a name, particularly God's name and how to use it correctly. 
So the language that you may be familiar, most familiar with of the third commandment is this. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Is that the one that you're looking for? Everybody together say vain. Vain. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. The Hebrew word for the word vain here is the word shav. And it translates to mean emptiness, nothingness, meaningless, or dishonestly. I know you had all these less words, and then we throw in dishonestly. But it can be used in any of those contexts. And so, what the commandment is not saying today, okay, and folks, just a disclosure, the sermon today may get a little rough for some of us, particularly me, so just bear with me and listen as we go along. Uh, and, and not just the words I'm saying, you'll see the pun in that coming a little bit later. But just uh, stick with me as we go along. Is that okay? Are you with me? Say amen. amen. So what the commandment is not saying is this. It is not saying that it is sinful when we use certain four-letter words. Okay? No, I did not just give you permission, permission to cuss in public, Roy. <laughs> no, I did not just give you permission to cuss like a sailor. But the thing is this. This commandment is far more serious than to stop at using it as a way to say we shouldn't say four, certain four-letter words. To stop at saying this commandment means that we shouldn't use those words is an oversimplification of the commandment and perhaps causes us to miss the, the, the deeper underlying meaning behind the intention of the third commandment. While we shouldn't make a practice of using the phrases that include certain four-letter words or phrases that include, oh my God, while it's probably not a good practice to make that a habit, listen closely, folks, and then listen closely to what follows. We should be more concerned with what we're doing in God's name than what we're concerned with doing with God's name. Are you with me? We should be more concerned with what we're doing in God's name, not necessarily just with what we're doing with God's name. What do you mean, preacher? You're going to have to explain that one. <laughs> There's going to be several moments throughout this sermon that you're going to be like, you need to explain that one to me. So just bear with me. So often, we fixate on words. Have you done it? I do it all the time. I fixate on words. We do this in all aspects of life, and we even do it with Scripture. So often, when we read passages, we, we stop at the words on paper. Sometimes we take them too hyper-literally, Sometimes we don't take them literally enough. But oftentimes, especially with Scripture, we stop at the words on paper. Or we believe what we're told to believe by someone who is interpreting the Scripture, sometimes doing it too hyper-literally, sometimes not literally enough. 
Folks, and this is going to be one of those where you're going to want me to, where you're going to say, explain that to me. Listen closely. It's not the words on paper that make Scripture, Scripture. It's not the words that are written on paper that makes this Scripture. Don't ever, and this is just my, my full disclosure, don't ever just take somebody's word on Scripture as the truth. Not even mine, okay? Don't ever just take somebody's word as truth on Scripture. Whether it be mine, whether it be another preacher that's here, whether it be another preacher you watch online, whether it be a preacher's podcast that you read, don't ever just take someone else's word on Scripture because words do not make this Scripture. The message behind these words is what makes it Scripture. Hello? The infusion of the Holy Spirit into these words is what makes it Scripture. Now are you with me? The message that God is sending to each and every single one of us sometimes looking a little bit differently is what makes this Scripture. I encourage you to never just believe what you are told to believe. But always look, listen, and long for the message that God is sending you. That's a fancy way of saying, don't just believe what you hear preached. Do the research yourself before you settle on what you're going to believe. Are you with me this morning? Let me tell you, folks. We don't fixate on words because words is not what gets us to heaven. Words is not what gets us to heaven. Jesus Christ is what gets us to heaven. Our response to God and our response to others because of our response to God is what gets us to heaven. And it's not words. Hello? So what is the commandment saying? You've hounded okay today on what it's not saying, and I did that because I felt like it was very important for me to hear that for myself, and I, hopefully you got something out of that too. What is the commandment saying? The commandment is saying this. We must only use God's name in ways that gives God glory and brings honor to God's name. Therefore, bringing honor to God. Folks, God is so good. And all the time, God is so good. God is the creative force, the power, the source from which everything derives its existence and upon which all that existence is contingent. God is the infinite creator and is sustainer of all that was, of all that is, and all that ever will be. We are small 
and seemingly insignificant in the scheme of creation, yet we as people matter to God. We are important to God. To God, we are not just people. We are God's beloved children. We're not just God's children. We're God's beloved children. There's a reason we insert that in front of children. We are so beloved, in fact, that God would come to this world as the Son, Jesus, would walk in our dusty trails, would suffer our pain, would die our death, and then conquer our death for us. Do I need to keep going on that? (laughs) God is good. And we are the walking example of what it means that God is good. In fact, God is not just so good all the time. God is all the good. God hasn't just blessed us as humanity. God is the blessing. Hello? God hasn't just loved us first and given us the opportunity to love God back. God is love. God deserves, deserves to only have God's name used in honest, genuine, meaningful, respectful, and glorious ways. God deserves that. And God demands as such. This commandment is telling us we must Be careful how we use the name of God. Because God's name means something. Our names are our reputations. Our names define who we are. When people hear or speak your name, what do you want them to think? What do you want them to say? God's name is God's reputation. God acts for the sake of God's name. Listen to Ezekiel 20, verse 9. It says, But I acted for the sake of my name, this is God speaking, that it should not be profaned in the sight of the nations among whom they lived, in whose sight I made myself known to them and bringing them out of the land of Egypt. God acts for the sake of God's name. God also leads for the sake of God's name. Listen to Psalm 23, verse 3. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. God leads for the sake of God's name. God finally and also saves for the sake of God's name. Listen to Psalm 106, verse 8. Yet he saved them for his name's sake so that he might make known his mighty power. 
God saves for God's name. This is just a brief example of just how important God's name is. So then the question becomes, how do we use God's name in vain? What is it you're trying to tell us? What is it that God is trying to tell us? I'm glad you asked. We use the name of God in many different aspects of our lives each and every day. We use God's name in how we speak to others, and how we treat others, and how we can uh, conduct ourselves, and in how, we, uh, in how others are impacted by us. No way, correct me if I'm wrong, but no way would we want our name cheapened or our reputation tainted by being used as an expression of anger, of pain, or frustration. Am I right? We wouldn't want that. So guess who else would not want that? God does not want God's name used in this way. We wouldn't want our relationships either to be comprised of people just going through the motions either, would we? We don't want someone to be our friend just for the sake of being our friend or for wanting attention or any other thing. Saying or doing things that they don't actually mean. Well, guess what? God is the same way. God doesn't want us to just come to worship, to sing, to read Scripture, listen to sermons and pray in the name of Jesus as merely an act of thoughtlessly going through the motions. Hello? The actual name of God is God's personal covenant name. We should, treat, uh, we should treat it as a great treasure that we have the opportunity to be in a relationship with God. It should mean just as much to us as it means to God. And we should act as such. And just as we do not want to go through the motions in our relationships and in our lives with our dearest friends and families, so too God does not want us merely going through the motions in our relationship with God. Are you with me this morning? Say amen. Finally, not taking God's name in vain means we only use it for righteousness' sake. What does that mean? It means we only use God's name truthfully. It means we only use God's name honestly. It means we only use God's name with integrity. Have you ever heard the expression, my word is my bond? My word is my bond. That means what I say, you could take it as law. Because I'm going to do what I say, or I mean what I say. That's called integrity. Or it's part of integrity. My word is my bond. And this is what Jesus is talking about in our gospel election today from Matthew chapter 5. And this is a great example of what I was talking about earlier, about not reading into every part of the words in Scripture as hyper-literally. 
Because what Jesus is saying in Matthew chapter 5, verses 33 and following isn't just speaking about the words of the third commandment. We often use that as a way of saying, oh, Jesus is saying don't use swear words. Well, he is saying that. But define swear words. That's what we're going to do today. We're going to define those today. Jesus isn't just speaking of the third commandment. Jesus is speaking about all of Old Testament scripture, about all of the law of Moses, particularly the first five books of the Old Testament, Genesis through Deuteronomy. When I say the law of Moses, when I use the word Torah or Pentateuch or law of the Old Testament, that's what I'm referring to, the first five books of, of the Bible. You with me this morning? Say amen. Okay. But Jesus is speaking about all that is talked about in the law of Moses about having to do with making vows, V-O-W-S, or entering into oaths, O-A-T-H-S, oaths. Everybody say oaths. I know my, my, uh, my accent may sound like something else. I'm not talking about the horse feed. <laughs> oaths, O-A-T-H-S, oaths. The word swear that Jesus uses in Matthew is the Greek word amnue, and it means to make an oath or to take a vow. The word swear means to make an oath or to take a vow. In antiquity, in the times of Jesus and before, there were oaths done either in the name of God, there were oaths done uh, in the name of a ruler, or in something else, uh, 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 or in someone else, the oath or the vow was made uh, possibly to God. It was made uh, to a ruler, or then it was made to someone else. These oaths that Jews were taught to take were long, extravagant, elaborate, and had all these big, fancy words and. The problem with the oaths were they were oftentimes impractical to keep. And not only were they impractical to keep, but oftentimes the people making them had no actual intention of keeping them. Remember we talked about integrity? My word is my bond. In fact, it goes to the point where the, the religious leaders, particularly the Pharisees, the people who defended the words of the law and said only the law of Moses is the way of God and that Jesus was not. In fact, they had even designed an elaborate system indicating how binding a vow or an oath could be depending on how it was made. Folks, this stuff gets intricate. It gets interesting. And then it's downright ridiculous. In fact, the leader said that if the people swore by heaven or by earth or by Jerusalem, that language starting to sound familiar now as Jesus just read it, if they swore by those, they could get out of their vow without penalty because they're not actually swearing the oath to God or in God's name. Are you with me? The words of the oath were called swear words. 
or words to swear by. Now are you with me? What Jesus is saying in Matthew 5 is that an oath is an oath. No matter what words you use, no matter how you say it, and no matter what language you use to make it, an oath is an oath, and if you make it, you keep it. My word is my bond. Because as representatives of me, says God through Jesus, what are others going to think if you say you are going to do something and then you don't do it? Hello? People know that you come to church. They know you're a Christian. And then you go and you say you're going to do something and you don't do it. How does that not only reflect on you or on me if I am going to do that, but when people know that you are a follower of God, how does that reflect on God? Hello? I don't know about you, but I never thought of it that way before this week. Jesus says, don't ever swear by the hairs on your head because even each one of those belong to God. Or the hair on our face, Mike. Even the hairs, the intricate parts woven together by God still belong to God. So don't even swear by those if you're not going to keep your word. That's what Jesus is saying here. Folks, we have another word that we use for this. The word is hypocrisy. Are you more familiar with hypocrisy? Jesus is, preach is preaching in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5.33 about hypocrisy. When we acknowledge that God is our creator, and so we belong to God, our Lord, and we follow Him, that we proclaim God as our Savior, and so we are grateful to Him, then live a life that completely contradicts or we say what we're going to love our God or calls against that when we say we are going to love our neighbor, but then we don't do it, then we are taking God's name in vain. Hello? If He is Lord, if He is God, if He is who we claim Him to be, then shouldn't we do what He tells us to do? Then shouldn't we do as we are commanded to do? And if we do not do as God commanded, how is that honoring and representing the name of God? It's not. It is the definition of not using God's name with honor and respect, which means we're using it in vain. Author Brendan Manning said this, The greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips, then walk out the door and deny Him by their lifestyle. This is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. 
Hello? <laughs> By the act of living a life devoid of integrity, we dishonor God's name and fail in our mission to witness to the world of the risen Savior. In every decision we make and every action we take, we should be asking this question first. Is what I'm about to say, is what I'm about to do, is the way I'm about to act, will this honor God? Will this be respectful of God's name and my position as a follower of Christ? Does this bring glory and respect? Am I honoring God through this action? Will others see God through me in what I'm about to do? And if the answer is no, then I beg of you to think of it before you say it or do it. Folks, did I not say that this was going to be a complicated and non-simple day? The name of God is so important to God that he would make a commandment about it that we are called to keep in everything that we do in every word that we say we are to bring glory and honor to God and nothing else this is the gospel message of the third commandment of thou shalt not use the Lord your God's name in vain only use God's name in a way that brings glory to God. Using God's name means the words that you say, means the actions you take, and means what others see you doing. How will we bring honor to God this week? Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Amen.